the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, December the 18th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today, on December 18, 2000, the Electoral College cast its ballots with President-elect George W. Bush receiving 271, Al Gore. Remember, that was so contested, that election, hanging chads and all that kind of thing. Al Gore received 266 electoral college votes, one fewer than expected. One of the um, electoral college members from District of Columbia, Democrat, held up her ballot and then turned it in blank. She said, I'm doing this to protest the district's lack of representation in Congress. Poor old Al Gore just couldn't catch a break in that election. Today in 1787, New Jersey became the third state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Today in 1865, the 13th Amendment to the Constitution abolishing slavery was declared in effect by Secretary of State William Seward. Today in 1917, Congress passed the 18th Amendment to the uh, the, uh, Constitution. The 18th uh, Amendment prohibited the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors. They sent it to the states for ratification, and they did. Today in 1940, Adolf Hitler signed a secret directive ordering preparations for a Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. It was called Operation Barbosa. It was launched in June 1941. Today in 1944, The U.S. Supreme Court upheld the government's wartime evacuation of people of Japanese descent from the West Coast, while at the same time they ruled that conceitedly loyal Americans of Japanese ancestry could not continue to be detained. Today in 1956, Japan was admitted to the United Nations, and today in 1957, The Shipping Port Atomic Power Station in Pennsylvania was the first nuclear facility to generate electricity in the United States. It went online. It was taken out of service in the 80s. I think like 81, 82, something like that. Anyway, it was the first to generate electricity. Today in 1969, Britain's House of Lords joined the House of Commons in making a permanent a 1965 ban on the death penalty for murder. They cannot execute. Today in 1998, the House, our House, debated the articles of impeachment against President Bill Clinton. And today in 2003, two federal appeals courts ruled the U.S. military could not indefinitely hold prisoners without access to lawyers or American courts. Sometimes you get the feeling that The criminals or the terrorists (laughs) are afforded more rights than the citizens. That's probably not true, but sometimes it feels that way. 
Well, we live in perilous times. Our culture is convulsing today. The president sent a powerful and direct letter to Nancy Pelosi yesterday. I'm going to share a part of that with you this morning. Led by Hollywood celebrities, thousands across America marched in the streets last night, this morning, yelling, screaming obscenities, out of control. They truly are convulsing in the streets of America because of their hatred for Donald Trump and his presidency. Hundreds of college professors signed a letter demanding Congress to impeach him, impeach him. I'm not making any I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm not making any comparisons. But it almost reminds you of Palm Sunday when Christ was glorified and within a week they were wanting to kill him. And they did. But of course we know the rest of that story. He rose from the dead. I'm not making a connection there. I'm just merely pointing out that People are so, boy, we are so driven by our emotion and by just whatever we hear or think. And it's sad, but it's true. And that's sort of the underlining, I don't know, tag for the human race. I mean, we've always been the way we are. Right from the beginning. I mean, not the very beginning. We were in a relationship with God, but Satan come and, to eat, came to even just simply question God and everything went downhill from there. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus Christ in our lives as our personal Savior. We're going to see a lot of, a lot of conversation over the next few days. The Democrat-controlled House of Representatives is scheduled to vote their they're carrying on as we speak right now. So I've been paying attention this morning, but I, I'm not now. Obviously, I'm live and I'm talking to you. But the Democrat-controlled House is scheduled to vote to impeach the president of the United States today. They have the votes, they say, and I presume they do. Although there's about 31 uh, Democrats sitting in there this morning in D.C. in Congress, and they've got to be thinking, how am I going to explain this to the people in my district who voted for Donald Trump. How am I, a Democrat, going to go back and say, well, boy, I'm I'm moderate. I'm I'm I agree with Trump's policies, and I know you do too, and we're all in this together. I don't think that's going to play well. I think some of them might not vote with the Democratic Party. We'll see, probably today, later today. But I think some of them will vote because they're torn. They don't really believe in anything other than just holding their job. I noticed yesterday I was reading a lot of just comments by people from all you know various perspectives about this whole matter of impeaching Donald Trump. And I noticed uh, there was a professor, and I can't remember, it was a man, I can't remember his name, but he was from Dartmouth College, Ivy League College. And he said the problem, <laughs> he said the problem that the Democrats have and that people in general have is that they don't know what they believe, and they don't, therefore, don't know who they are. And they find themselves vacillating. And I thought, this guy is either very insightful or he's a Christian and reads the Bible. 
A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and we're seeing this today play out in the most grandiose fashion. This will hurt America. It will hurt Trump. I mean, there's no question about that. Mitch McConnell in the Senate says has said repeatedly and has been really hammered for saying it, but he did, and I'm glad he did because it's true. He said the president will not be removed from office because the Senate is does not believe in this impeachment. This is something that the Democrats have cooked up because they don't have any policies, really, or an agenda that they can even sell to the American people, even the left in America. The press is working overtime to protect them. The press is in there with all of their skills or lack thereof, this morning writing thousands and millions of words in the newspapers and elsewhere, and words on television and words on the radio, trying to make this all better. They want to they want to hurt this president. They'd like to remove him from office, but they know they can't because they don't control the Senate. But they want to hurt him as much as possible. They want to inflict as much pain on him as possible, and they really don't care. They really don't care. Nancy Pelosi says, I... <laughs> I have a pastor's heart. I'm an ordained minister. I have a pastor's heart. I love people. I do. Those closest to me can tell you that. But I will tell you that Nancy Pelosi, I don't need a pound of discernment. I only need an ounce of discernment to tell you that all this stuff about praying for the president and praying for his family, boy, she may go through that ritual of of praying or her beads or whatever, But she's not praying from her heart for President Trump because her words and her actions, and I don't mean in disagreement, I mean people disagree, but her words and actions defy all of the prayer stuff that you've been hearing from her. And I know that, well, you can't judge her. Yes, I can. I can judge her fruit. I can judge her actions because we're told to do so to be wise, to be discerning. We live in a time that is just torn from stem to stern, as my dad used to say. We're living in a time that's been inverted. The principles upon which this nation was built have been turned on their head. And now they're being used to advance something that the the founders never, ever believed in. In fact, they took great lengths to avoid what we see happening before us today in our country. There's great trouble in our country. David understood some of this. In Psalm 20, he wrote, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. And then David writes this in verse 7 of Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. 
And if I can leave anything with you today, I want to encourage you, in the name of the Lord, rise, stand upright. This is a time when we need to be who we are, know who we are, and live that out in our lives. Danny Westneed is a reporter for the Seattle Times, been there a long time. He wrote this this morning, and I'm not picking on Danny Westneed, although I don't agree with him much of the time. He's a pretty good writer, I think. I'm sure he thinks that as well, and others do. But Danny Westneed wrote in the Seattle Times this morning, As a reporter, I covered the last impeachment of the president, of a president, in 1998 of Bill Clinton. It sure feels to me that the Democrats have made the same mistake this time that Republicans made back then, which is, the case is too small. Westneat says guilt is not an issue. Both presidents did it. Clinton lied under oath about sex back then, and Trump obviously, these are his words, obviously attempted to leverage a foreign country into investigating a political rival today. That is the first misleading statement in this little short piece that I'm going to share with you. Trump obviously attempted to, well, it isn't obvious. It's obvious that he didn't do that. But the Democrats have made this a mantra. The press is, of course, anointing their mantra and helping them. They're complicit in getting rid of Trump. Danny Westneed is no exception. Trump obviously attempted to leverage a foreign country into investigating a political rival today. Trump did not try to leverage a country into investigating a political rival. Biden hasn't won the has it won the Democratic nominee, nomination in the first place. But secondly, it didn't happen. But they're just not arguing. There's no argument to be made. So they're just making the assumption. And an uninformed public just buys into this and says, wow. So Trump really did try to leverage and get Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have done what the Democratic Congress is accusing Trump of doing. Everything has been inverted. Westneat goes on. He says, polls, uh, he said, but the, the problem Republicans run into in the 90s was that the public felt the punishment didn't match the crime. He said, polls then showed a hefty 79% of the public agreed Kent Clinton was guilty, but the gravity of lying about consensual sex was too slight, too thin to merit dumping him from office. He said, Democrats have a similar scale problem here. Trump did it. Or more accurately, he tried to do it. But see, there's no evidence that Trump, well, Trump didn't do it. But there's no evidence that he tried to do it because the guy that he tried to do it to, Zelensky, the head of the president of of Ukraine, says, no, he didn't. There was no pressure. In fact, Zelensky didn't even know that the United States hadn't written him his check for the year, his billion or whatever he gets. He didn't even know he didn't have it. Westneat said it's incorrigible about it, too. Trump is. He said, so he won't have a smidgen of hesitation about abusing his office again. They're already setting up the attack after he's impeached, but he's not removed from office. They're already setting up the attack for tomorrow and the days that follow up to the 2020 election, saying, well, he got away with it the last time, but boy, he's doing it again, whatever it is. And then Westney 
writes this. He said, Ukraine got its aid eventually, and they aren't investigating rival Joe Biden's son anyway, so whatever. Then he ends with this. Public support for ousting Trump is about 50-50 and hasn't much budged in months. That is a lie. He knows it. He's smart. This morning, Wednesday morning, Gallup poll, and if I know this, reporters and journalists for major newspapers, they should know it as well, and they do. Little old me sitting here with a microphone, man, if I know this stuff, they've got to know it. This morning, Gallup poll released this, and this has been trending. This isn't brand new. Westneat knows this, but he just ignores it. It's the truth, and he ignores it because it doesn't fit what he want, the message he wants to put out to the public. President Donald Trump's approval rating is up six percentage points since the House Democrats, this is Gallup poll this morning, two hours ago, three hours ago, up six percentage points since the House Democrats launched their impeachment inquiry, according to the Gallup poll released early today, Wednesday. So the uh, the advocates of the far left would say, well, Danny Westney didn't he didn't see this. He wrote his article before he saw that. Well, but wait, this isn't like breaking news. It's been trending for the last several weeks. The survey found the president's approval rating climbed to 45 percent from 39 percent from when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi formally launched the probe to remove him in late September. These findings, today's findings marked the third consecutive rise in his approval rating and the fifth time his approval has hit 45% in his presidency Gallup poll. So it's been a trend. They see the trends, they see the truth, but they pick what they want to say and they leave out. So a lot of the misleading in the press today is not what they say, it's what they don't say, what they choose not to say. Gallup says the survey found a majority of respondents, 51% are against the impeachment and removal of the president. 51% of Americans, that's not Republicans, that's just all Americans. 51% are opposed to what they're doing today. That's an uptick of 5% since the inquiry was launched several months ago. Gallup says conversely, 46% of respondents stated they approve of impeachment and his removal, 46%. That's a drop of six points. A mere 5% of Republican respondents said they support impeachment and removal. 85% of Democrat respondents said they support. 90-some percent, 9 in 10, Republicans are upset about the way the Democrats are handling this, not surprisingly. That's how the press misleads. That's how the news when you flip it on every night at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever, you've got to know that the people sitting there, probably the people sitting there, depending on the market you're in, they probably didn't write what they did in the smaller markets. They do it all, I think. But in the large markets, somebody else writes the news. They read the news. But you got to know that the people that are on your screen at least are representing those that are sitting at their desk figuring out how to craft words that will mislead you. And I don't want to sound cynical about this. I'm not cynical, but let's get real. We live in a world that is absolutely, absolutely confused and shaded. Lines are blurred. 
we talk about homosexuality and transsexual, you know, because it dominates the news. I'm sick of talking about it, but it dominates the news. But the truth is also shaded. They try to make everything gray. Nothing is black and white. Everything is gray, except what they want to achieve. That's the world we live in today. Today is I Day in America. Yesterday, President Trump sent this very powerful direct letter to Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. I won't read the whole thing. It was six pages long, so I'm not going to get into all of it. But he began with this. President Trump's official letter to Nancy Pelosi yesterday. I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers, unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. He said, you have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. The president said in his letter, while I have no expectation that you will do so, meaning take his advice and drop the impeachment, they won't. He's recognizing that they won't. But he said, I write this letter to you for the purpose of history and to put my thoughts on a permanent record. I wrote an article about that today, and in it, there is a link to his entire letter. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to do so. You can see the article I write. I write one every day and publish it. It goes out to thousands and thousands of people. It's at Faith and Freedom, Faith, A-N-D, Freedom, U-S. You can see it there, and there is a direct link to his letter if you'd like to read it, and I think you should, because letters are a part of our historical record. Some of our presidents have gone down in history because of the letters they wrote. Ronald Reagan will always be remembered for his moving sunset letter. Remember that? In which he eloquently said, farewell to the nation. He loved as he began his long descent into Alzheimer's. It was one of the most touching letters anyone, even if they weren't a supporter of Reagan. Reagan is also known for his heartfelt letters to his wife, Nancy. There's enough of them to literally fill books, and they have. In fact, you should read some of the books. I think I have one in my library. Ronnie (laughs) wrote to Nancy on their 20th wedding anniversary. Probably one of the nicest love letters. Reagan was great with words, and it shows up in his letters. But going back even to the early days of the country, John Adams, he exchanged countless letters with his wife, Abigail. He said, she's my best friend, closest confidant. George Washington, while he was working for ratification of the Constitution, he wrote a remarkable four-page letter to his nephew in which he laid out his argument for unity in America. Abraham Lincoln wrote a letter in which he famously said, I am naturally anti-slavery. If slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong. Harry Truman kind of takes the cake. He wrote a lot of letters, but one particularly stands out. <laughs> Harry, Harry Truman is known for his letter to this music critic, Paul Hume, who said his daughter, Margaret, cannot sing very well. He wrote a review. It was a bad review on, on uh, Harry Truman's daughter. She was you know, a musician and a singer. She didn't sing very well, just between you and me. But anyway, Democrat Harry Truman, he said, it seems that you are a frustrated old man who wishes he could have been successful. 
When you write such poppycock as was in the back section of your paper you work for, it shows conclusively that you're off the beam. Someday I hope to meet you. When that happens, you'll need a new nose, a lot of beefsteak for black eyes, and perhaps a supporter below. <laughs> He's talking about below as in not in heaven. Hundreds of college professors signed a letter yesterday begging Pelosi to not back off to impeach Trump. They marched, they talked, they got their serious face on. In their letter, they say it is it is our considered judgment that if President Trump's misconduct does not rise to the level of impeachment, then virtually nothing does. They claim that the U.S. Constitution is in clear and present danger. Well, I would agree with that. The Constitution is in clear and present danger, but not not from Trump. This act of impeachment for the lust of power on the part of the far-left radicals who have demanded that this act of impeachment from Election Day in 2016 is in fact damaging to our Constitution and our country. It's tearing the very fabric of our nation. Hollywood hit the streets last night. I'm sure you saw that all over the news today. They were out there. I, that's part of the article I wrote today. Prominent Hollywood figures. Far left. Alyssa Milano, Deborah Messing, Rob Reiner, Star Trek guy, that Star Trek guy, George Taki. I think that's the way you pronounce his name. He was out there walking the streets, their fists clenched. Taki made an interesting comment. It was offensive to me, not just the content of it, but the way it was couched. It's all over the newspapers this morning. He said impeachment eve is like Christmas eve. He's the guy from Star Trek, the talkie guy. He said impeachment eve is like Christmas eve, only instead of presents, you get democracy. So go out into the streets tonight with everyone to insist Donald Trump be held accountable. And on and on it goes. The fact of the matter is, clear-thinking people who are not obsessed with the power grab, trying to gain control of the United States. They claim to love the Constitution. They claim to love their country. But if you look at what the Democrats do, Barack Obama included for sure, they don't love this country. Their whole agenda is to remake America, and Barack Obama articulated that as president, to remake America into a progressive state, European kind of socialist state. They don't love America. They may love what they want to make America into. They want to remake America, not restore America. And that's what's going on here. Trump is in the way. He's standing between them and their goal. And so they claim they claim to, to love this country, but they don't love this country. They love power, and they love what they want to make this country into, which is almost diametrically opposed to what our founders saw when they created the city on the hill. The most prosperous, the most blessed, the most generous, the most free nation in the history of the world. That's what hangs in the balance today. And there will not even be a thought given by the left, the progressive left, because they're blinded. They're blinded by their own lack of information, I guess by their own desire for power, their own lust for power. That's what's happening in our America today. But we shall prevail. We don't trust in chariots or horses, but in the Lord our God. Thanks for being with me today. 
Thank you for your support. Hey, we're running a little behind on our budget this month. I need your help. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Again, thank you for standing with us. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow, right here.